0: Thanks for the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. We are still 67% British, 33% Irish, but most definitely 100% Giants. Uh, on day eight of my self-isolation, I am joined by Shane and Kev to look back at the Senior Bowl from last weekend and look forward to the Super Bowl this weekend and bring you the latest goings on with our beloved Big Blue. How are you both?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Been another busy week, as you say, with the um, drafts. Draft stuff, draft preparation, and the Giants been making some moves. So, um, yeah, it's quite exciting in a way.
2: Up <laughs> on the train, Shane. Come on. Yeah, no, like Super Bowl week, so it's like obviously buzzing for that. The Senior Bowl's just been. Um, it really is. When the Senior Bowl comes around, that's when the, uh, the draft season really, really picks up. Um, and, of course, the position we're in with the draft picks and needing to overhaul this roster. Um, it's sort of like Shane says, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of exciting for us because in theory, there's only one way for us to go. Do you know what I mean? You know, we need to turn the ship around. Um, so, so, so it'd be interesting to see the start of it, to see where Joe Shane, Brian Dable, like where, what, what the vision they have for this team is. Because, um, you know, last couple of drafts have been uh, a bit meh. So, um, so I'm really interested to see where they go. But um, also buzz of the Super Bowl, love the Super Bowl every year um just i actually looked to see when my first one that i actually watched was i think it was 2000 and uh 2005 i think it was um was it um super bowl 39 patriots versus eagles um wow. it was the first one i watched i wasn't a big fan then i just like i i think i said before in the podcast i was working in the bar and um in an irish pub and i, I was locking up that night and i was like do you know what lads let's just stay for a few beers and uh Stick it on the big screen and see what this what, what this all is all about. Um, so, yeah, so uh, but I do love Super Bowl. Make a big thing of it. Book of a time off work. Um, yeah, looking forward to this week. What, are you, uh, what do you boys do for Super Bowl? Do you have any rituals? Do you like, what do you like to
1: do? Nah, for me, it's just chill, chill at home, get a pizza in. None of my mates are really into the NFL. Some of them try to claim to be, but they're not really. Um, so I'll just chill and I'll probably be bombarding you boys, to be honest with you on WhatsApp. Nice. nice. Um, usually for me, it's, uh, it's my
0: brothers. Um, we usually have a bit of a party, cook way too much food. Um, and yeah, just have a, just have a good time. Um, we didn't obviously do it last year because of COVID. Um, and then the year before, I mean, we've done it for about 10 years now. Um, nice. There's, there's sort of there's usually a usually core like five or six of us, had a few extras join us in different years. Um, but there's a sort of core fan base, like five or six of us. There's another Giants fan in there, uh, a guy called Chris. Um, Does he listen? Um, I believe so.
2: You have to quiz him like, come Sunday,
0: if he listens. Yeah, I love a word with him. But obviously, that's if I can go Sunday. Obviously, if I'm uh, still in isolation or whatever, then oh, I won't yeah. be going. But yeah, that's normally the uh, the ritual. The fact, I mean, the fact going back to we all first Super Bowl, well, first Super I watched was in 2000 when we lost the Ravens. Um funnily enough, mm. so, yeah, this will be my 20, I mean, that was Super Bowl, what, 30 or whatever, whatever Super Bowl it was, 30, 30 something. I mean, we're on 56 now. So, yeah, 22 years ago. Jesus. So, yeah, 34. That was my first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 34 when we lost to the Ravens. Um, And I have watched every, every year since and then sort of, yeah. It's good it's really the
2: staple of the year like it's so i mean it's the it crescendo. is the big end end of end of season
0: yeah, wow. it's, the, it's the it's the biggest sporting event on the on the calendar it's the most watched sporting event uh around the world in the year isn't it so it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's always a great weekend always loves well it's a great great week as well in the league obviously there's so much going on i love listening to uh, the guys on radio row yeah and uh obviously seeing the uh, players interviews um and the, the good thing about, obviously, the Super Bowl is that they rotate through the broadcasters. Um, and this year, it's, uh, it's NBC, so I'm looking forward to uh, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, I love, love the uh, production they put on at NBC. Now, here's a guy. Yeah, man. And obviously, previously, oh, there's pre- uh, John Madden on there as well. So, you know, I'd look, NBC's uh by far and away my favourite broadcaster, that's for sure. Although, Tony Romo does well on uh was he on... What, CBS, what, CBS, is he, it? CBS, no, he's not. Is he on CBS? I know it was a random guess from to be fair. CBS. No, he's on Fox, isn't he? With, um, with, with Joe Buck. Yeah, nah, looking forward to see you this weekend. Should be good. Hopefully I'm out of isolation so I can party away and have some beers. And have, good, good. good. Have a ridiculous amount of uh, with chicken wings and bacon, put it that way. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, so obviously going on this week, um, we've had uh, Patrick Graham decide to take the defensive coordinator job at the Raiders um, so we've got another new hire coming our way soon but obviously despite the rumours nothing's actually been confirmed in black and white yet um, but it seems to be like our new DC is going to be um, wing Martindale from the ex the baltimore Ravens DC um, a lot of writers have said it's a done deal um, but nothing in black and white yet to say it's confirmed um, and potentially bringing over uh, Rob Ryan and some other coaches as well, which would be interesting. Um, completely just opposite of what our sort of um, philosophy as an organisation has been. You know, a coach like Rob Ryan, who's so outspoken. So he's just... In personality. Yeah, like you would look at him and his brother, they're both just outspoken, in your face, like don't care. Whereas you look at pre- our previous coaches and it's been very much sort of humble, respectful, like get on, do the job. So that would be quite interesting. And, you know, with um, with his experience in Baltimore, um, it could be quite interesting and could be quite exciting to bring um, him in. But obviously, uh, Coach Graham leaves us after two years, being RDC. Obviously had top 12 defence in 2020. Uh, last year was a bit of a tougher challenge, with 21st overall. Um, but then obviously the likes of Blake Martinez, Jabril Peppers, Carter Coughlin, um, to name a few, out with injuries for a considerable amount of time. wasn't really a surprise to see our defence struggle, um, especially with the problems on offense, as we talked about last time as well. Um, so the only remaining coordinator now in place is our special teams coordinator, Thomas McGahey. So it seems our coaching staff is uh, having a bit of a complete overhaul this season, which, you know, is quite exciting. It's interesting to see. Um, But what do you guys think of Graham going to the Raiders? And what do you think that Wink Martindale
1: can bring to our defense? Um, I think it's going like bittersweet, in all honesty. I mean, I've got nothing against Patrick Graham, but I think it's going to be one of them where it's going to be a blessing in disguise, in all honesty. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to go from a bend, but don't break philosophy to a very aggressive, you know, we might give up big chunks of plays at times. That's going to come with a territory We, we, we Martin Martindale, in my opinion. But at the same time, I can see us blitzing a hell of a lot. Um, he likes to play a lot of man as well. So we're kind of going to go from this cushy, cushy, soft, soft defence, give a few yards, give a few yards to aggressive, go out, blitz, sack, intercept, do whatever you need to. But it could end up giving up a 30-yard play at times. Um, So, like, for me personally... I've got nothing against Patrick Graham, but I'm, I'm in the camp of I'm happy he's gone. Um, it kind of feels like a little bit of a whole refresh now with the whole coaching department, which is what I think we needed. Um, and the, the big thing that stands out with me is I feel like Brian Dable's bringing in guys he's never worked with before, which is good to see. You know, I, I don't know what judges um, full background staff was, but like, the only one that really stands out was Jason Garrett he'd never worked with previously. Um, And that felt like it was a uh, ownership kind of maybe putting it on him. Whereas it seems like Diable's gone out there and gone, I don't care if I've worked with you, if I know you, whatever. I want the best that we can get. So, like, he's never worked alongside Kafka. I think he maybe had, he was on the Patriots roster at some point whilst Kafka was on there, I think I read. Um,
2: For like a half a season or one season. Yeah, Yeah,
1: something really minor. But apparently he's never worked alongside Wink, Martin Um and I just feel like we're surrounding ourselves with like much more experience than what we did in, in the previous regimes. Um, and you say people that are really, you know, you say outspoken, passionate, and if they think something's a load of shit, they're going to come out and say oh, that was a load of shit. None of this, we're going to come out and have a look at the tape and get back to you.
2: Yeah, no, I think it, I think it's a good hire. I think I'm um, sad to see Patrick Graham go. I think he's a good guy, a good coach. Um, I just don't think we ever stayed healthy enough for him to really play his defense and also um, the offense, like we talked about in the past, the offense didn't help at all. Um, they were always, always chasing points. We were always behind. Um, our offense couldn't move the ball. Uh, they're always out there on the field, so I do feel for him. He's gone to the readers because obviously you know he knows Josh McDaniel from the Patriots time. It's a lateral move, um, but um yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's, you know, it's a good move for him. Fair play to him. Um, and Wake, Martindale, I think is, is like, if we're, if we're going to, I don't think there's going to be a drop-off. I think it's it's either going to be we're getting just as good a coach or maybe a better coach. I don't think there's going to be a drop-off, which is good. Plays a, like a base 3-4. Um, obviously, like she said, Blitz is like crazy, really like play, plays an aggressive um, style of defense, which I think we need to get back to. We were playing a little bit too much. bend on break. Um, and yeah, we need to really get into people's faces.
0: Yeah, you just got to look at us previously under uh, Steve Swagnolo going back to that sort of time. You know, yeah, our, our defense was fearless. So we'd we'd be blitzing, blitzing the quarterback, blitzing the offensive line, and just really just going all guns blazing, going going home for it. And then obviously, then James Betcher took over, and we sort of took a step back and. Yeah. He's, Patrick Graham sort of carried that on a bit. And I just think we need that aggression back in the defense, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, and there's pieces on the defense that he will love, like, you know, Ojolari, Big Cat, um, uh, Dory Jackson, um, McKinney. I mean, these are pieces on the defense. And he's like, you know what? I can work with these long-term and we'll fit other bits around them maybe to the draft or some size through three agency this year or next year. I think it's a very enticing job for him as well. Um, I mean, he interviewed for the head coach job at the same time as Joe Judge, so that's why I highly the the organization think of him. Um, I mean, they parted 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 ways with Ravens uh, mutually. There was no bad blood there. He wasn't sacked or anything like that. It's just they wanted just to move in a just different direction. And um, I think they were like top five defenses for the last five years. Um, and the years that they weren't, they were like um, it's because they they were decimated by injuries last season. They were actually yeah, last, last like,
0: season. I read that they had one compared from their start in D on the first game of the season. They had one starter left by the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I mean that—that's just. I mean, we talk about how unlucky we are with with injuries. I mean, ours seems to be every year, which is annoying. But they were absolutely destroyed last year with injuries. Um,
0: still, they still had a better defense than us though last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I
2: think it's. I think it's a really good move because you're bringing in someone who potentially could be a head coach. Uh, knows his defence, stuff like that, whereas you've got D- Dable and um, Kafta are going to work with Daniel Jones on building an offence um, moving forward, whereas the defence, wink, go, do your thing, do your exactly. thing, bring in your guys, go do your thing, get us the ball back, and we, myself and Kafta, will work on an offence to be able to be productive and pinpoints on the board, you get us that ball back.
0: Yeah, definitely, like... Obviously, we've got McGee. special teams, no problems there. Obviously, they they seem to be our sort of most consistent unit at the moment. Anyway, obviously with Graham Gano, Riley Dixon remains to be seen. He's probably going to go anyway. But defense. I mean, McGee he's survived a few staff now, hasn't he? Yeah, he had coaches. This will be his fifth year. Um, mm. So yeah, he's obviously been there through Joe Judge. He's been there through um, Pat Shermer as well. So. There's obviously something that the organisation like about him, and us, and uh, you know, our, our kicking game is uh, is fairly consistent. Um, yeah, offense. Yeah, Debo and uh, Kafka build the build the offense between them two, and Martin Dale's just gonna just nail this defense. I think um, I'm really sort of quite. Ex- it obviously when once it is confirmed, and you know, we're pretty much sure that it is going to be confirmed. He's the he's the only one that's interviewed for DC so far, I believe. Um, pre- it's pretty
2: much nailed yeah. on I think you're just waiting yeah, yeah. to iron a few things like contractually and stuff yeah, and, be
0: and his, to... his coaches he wants to bring in and stuff like that um, yeah. but yeah no, I'm looking forward to, to Martindale coming in um, uh, one thing I, I saw um, is uh, one of his nicknames he's known as the Blitzing Mullet which is quite, <laughs> quite funny he like does him. look like a
2: cool dude to be fair
0: yeah like obviously he brings with him a lot of experience um, which obviously we don't necessarily have on the OC side of things, obviously with Kafka being quite young, so yeah, it just it just sent shouts to me. Yeah, the defense is yours. Do what you want with it. You're pretty much like assistant head coach almost, just on the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, obviously he was in Baltimore for four years uh, as DC, forty-three and twenty-two record over them, four years. Um, I mean, they had a one season they were fourteen and two. I think it was twenty nineteen. They were fourteen and two, maybe twenty eighteen, something like that. Um, the first three years he was in Baltimore, his defence was ranked in the top three overall. Um, and in 2018, they led the league in defence, overall defence as well. Um, and yeah, they made the playoffs three straight years between 2018 and 2020 as well. Yeah, his uh, his defence is obviously that 3-4 scheme, they're blitz heavy. Um, so obviously it's fairly consistent with what um, Patrick Graham has coached over the last two years, but I think he's going to be a step up. Obviously, Graham was was he favoured the blitz, but not as much as uh, as Martindale is. You know, last year they had sick high blitz percentage at thirty one percent, and in twenty nineteen they actually blitzed on fifty five percent, fifty five percent of all defensive plays. Um, but they only allow fifteen touchdowns in twenty nineteen in total on defense. That's less than one a game. Wow! I mean, that that alone, that's that stat alone. is like. Welcome, welcome to New York Giants wing Martindale. Let's see what you can do, mate. Um, yeah, I'm just really, really like really excited to see what you can do. Um, to see how different RD will look once everyone's healthy. Um, you know, new new players coming in, old players leaving. You know, it's going to be interesting and it's going to be exciting. Um, he's had a top ten run defense in all four years uh, in Baltimore as well. Um, we ranked 25th in 2021, allowing over 2,000 yards rushing. So there's a lot of work to do with our rushing defence, with our run defence, and, and he's been in a, a top 10 run defence in all four years as a defence yeah, yeah. So he brings he brings a lot of experience and he brings a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good things to, to our, our defensive side of things. Um, and some of his blitz schemes as well. I mean, I've looked at a few... Um, a little bit, a little bit of tape from the last couple of days of some of his blitz schemes, and they're just unbelievably creative. And just, and just quickly, and just quickly, I want
2: to add that uh, blitzing. So, I mean, everyone knows, like, most people know what blitzing is, but like, the actual term is just um, for people who are a bit unsure about what, what I mean by blitzing, blitzing all the time. Um, blitzing basically when you send more people than the offense is expecting. So, yeah. see, for example, if you're a nickel, you've got four down linemen. Um, normally, you'd rush four, and uh, you'd drop the other seven into coverage zone or man. Um, blitzing is when you send five or six or more more than the four send after the quarterback, basically.
0: Yeah, but he in in, in the last four years, he's had more DBs blitzing than any other team in the league.
2: Some of his... That's good because we got some big big um, big
0: cornerbacks that can blitz. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, you look, you look. I mean, if you haven't done already, have a look at some of his defensive schemes, those blitz schemes, Um, because they're just confusing the hell out of quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Like, then it's mad. Like, there's a lot of the time the DBs are just blitzing, like the linebackers, the the linebackers are dropping into coverage, and you've got two or three DBs like blitzing the quarterback, and you're like, you you don't see that in in the league. You don't see three DBs blitzing on on the play. And I'm glad he's dropping his coverage, so it's, yeah, it's, some, of the looks, some of the looks from his defense are just stupid.
2: Yeah, so we'll be surprised if we go after like
0: rangy, fast
2: linebackers in the draft.
0: Yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, yeah, obviously Patrick Graham. Yeah, it's sad to see him go, but I think when you, with the uh, the changes we made on offense. Uh, in you know, obviously with the offensive coordinator, the new head coach coming in. I think it's uh, it's a good move, um, letting Graham go and bringing in a new DC as well, and sort of just just changing the whole the whole coaching setup. Really, um, you know, obviously there's going to be new offensive coaches coming in. There's going to be new defensive coaches coming in, um, and I think that that big change is what is what we need in that organization. And I think hopefully, fingers crossed, the uh, the players uh, improve and uh, moving into 2022, we uh, we we see a, we see an improvement in in what we can do, but. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going to happen between now and uh September. So, you know, especially regarding things like you know the roster. You know, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to that uh probably next week when talking about things like salary cap and stuff like that, and but looking ahead towards the combine and, and you, there's there's so much to, fit, to talk about regarding the roster um coming up over the next sort of couple of months, uh, but we'll sort of dive more deeply into that uh later date. Did you see that the
2: judge got a new job?
0: Yeah, offensive offensive assistant with the Patriots. That's, that's the way they can
2: sort of like give him minimum salary and let the Giants continue to pay his contract. Bill
0: Belichick, man, there's no flies on him. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I was, I was surprised he was given an offensive assistant position considering he didn't really seem to know much about offense.
2: <laughs> yeah, completely agree. But I think I think I I think he wants to move more down, go towards an offensive coordinator job, yeah. move away from the move away from the um the special teams because I think he wants to get, he wants to be able to get back into head coaching at some point. On uh, yeah, down
0: and he's 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 definitely young enough to do that for sure. Yeah. Um. Good. And obviously, um, bringing in a, a new assistant GM as well, Brandon Brown. Um. Either of you know much about him because I, I mean, to be honest, I haven't. Um, no, I mean, I mean, no, well, I mean, he's young, he's only 33. Like, how, how old does that make me
2: feel? Jesus, um, he's, he's he, a year yeah, younger he's than can... me, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's from the Eagles, he was director of player personnel there. Um, Kevin Abrams did say that he'd give up his assistant GM title if Joe Shane wanted to bring in someone else. Um, apparently, he's a good young mind again. Um, you can see that, um Joe Sheehan is definitely putting his stamp on this team. He's definitely like, like this, I'm definitely going to do this my way. Um, Which is good because that's what you're bringing him in for. Um, Other than that, I don't really know too much about him apart from he gets really glowing reviews throughout anyone who's worked with him in the league. So, uh, yeah.
0: um, It'd be a good right-hand man for him. Yeah, just reading a little bit about him. Um, He interviewed for the Vikings general manager position earlier in the off-season. Okay. So must have something about him then if and the bike is all into getting Yeah, interview. if I mean for a 33 year old to be interviewing for a GM position. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Um yeah, he was assistant, he was assistant director of pro scouting at the Eagles, and he was promoted to director of pro scouting and then he was director of player personnel. So he's been through you know three different positions with the Eagles over the last five years. Um so yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see what he can do. And obviously, yeah. With um Kevin a- Kevin Abrams being given his uh new job title, whatever that was. I mean, obviously he's he's been with it. He's been with the, the organization for twenty plus years. he I mean, was he, the senior vice president of football operations and strategy? So, and
2: I think I think it'll just be the cap guy going forward. I know yeah. people like slag him off about the about the um, contracts they give out um, to last year and stuff, last couple of years. But I think a little bit was like. Get him in, get involved, trying to save his jobs. you say, like, make this work. Just, just, just get these contracts done.
0: Yeah, he he started as um, salary cap analyst analyst under um, Ernie Acorsi back in like late '90s, early 2000s. So he's obviously got experience um, managing the salary cap. But yeah, it's, uh, it's it's good to have some an experienced head in, in the in the front office anyway.
1: The thing is, as well, 12 months ago, our cap were exactly in a great situation. We were being linked with the likes of Adoree Jackson, and it was a case of we've got no money for it. But we somehow made it work. So, you know, I mean, last year, the Saints were, was it £60 million over the cap or something like that? Yet, they still managed to get back under it. So the cap, for all intense purposes, it, 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 it's a load of rubbish. But, no, you say that, though, but this is what Joe Shin doesn't want to do. Yeah. Um, um,
2: what was their cap again? The Saints, did you say? Last year? That's 60 60 over or something like that. Right. So what they've ended up doing to get under the cap was like, and this is what we don't want to do, is that they basically pushed all that money back into this season again. So then so they're currently new new Orleans Saints, without Drew Brees. Um they're coming into this year 75 million over the cap so they have just pushed it but like you can get under the cap I understand people say about it is it's not real it is real it's not it's not as drastic as people think it is but it's definitely a real thing like so they've essentially to get under last year's cap they pushed it into this year
0: and then they're going to have to do the same again this year to push it into next year
1: so they'll have to
2: do massive massive cuts like I mean they're going to have to really call that
1: team yeah. I, 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 just, I just don't think the cap's as big as an issue as some people no and Me, the thing is the, right. the cap is you know you're right, and with the cap as well,
2: if you one season if you're willing to take all that dead money, you can get your cap right within a season or two yeah yeah exactly but you have to you have to pay the paper for one year that, that is true you have to do it for at least once yeah. to get yourself good
0: you know, again it, I mean yeah we'll, we'll, we'll like I said we'll sort of talk more about our cap position next week. Um but yeah, there's 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 definitely work to be done with the salary cap. And I think that's one of uh one of Joe Shane's priorities for sure. Um is to get obviously get us within the salary cap because we've got to be within the salary cap no matter what. Uh it's not it's not like, you know, previously you like been with the uh the Premier League and you can just play a, play a player however much you want. There's no, you know I've I've always been a believer that there should be a salary cap in the Premier League in, in, in football because Otherwise, you can, a team can just go out and pay pay all their players as much as they want, and they're always going to be, you know, up there or thereabouts in, in winning the league and winning trophies. And the, the teams that are, that can't pay their players as much as they want are going to be the ones that suffer. And you just got got to look at teams like Chelsea and Man City in the last sort of ten years or so that have come into a stupid amount of money. I mean, City being owned by billionaires, Chelsea being owned by billionaires, now Newcastle being owned by billionaires, and it's going to be a case of Newcastle going to be the next Chelsea, are they going to be the next Man City because they've got all this money behind them. The yeah, so the, sal- the salary cap. Um, the Bengals would not be in the Super
2: Bowl. They are renowned for being very frugal, and very sort of like, not tight-fisted, but just, you know, very like easy with their money and the way they operate and stuff. Um, I think I, like, I read something the other day that they didn't have a scouting Team until recently, they just made the coaches do all the scouting now when the season's over
0: Uh, because they don't want to pay the extra staff. And you think like they've they're not they're not scared to cut big players either. And you think they cut AJ, they AJ Green left the the end of last season and they're now they're now in the Super Bowl and AJ Green's not, so it's kind of you know their best receiver over the last sort of 10 years. Um, went and they bought in Jamar Chase number five and they're now in the Super Bowl, so. Well this let's like
2: cowboys would just buy buy a Super Bowl if they were allowed like to, wouldn't
0: they? Oh yeah, of course they would. Yeah, with with Jerry with Jerry Jones' billions, if if they if if they could buy a Super Bowl, they would. Um but they can't. So that's that's what makes that's what makes the uh the NFL more um appealing is the fact that everyone has that sort of level playing field, really. It's just how you spend that money is 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 key, really, um compared to do you have the money or not. Um no, obviously this past weekend saw the top seniors in college come together in Alabama uh, to contest the senior bowl, uh, with the national team coming out 20 to 10 winners. Not that, that really matters. It was just more a case of what looking at the talent and evaluating the talent. And um, you know, I, I've watched the game, albeit highlights of it, and what I saw was was pretty impressive, I must admit. You know, it was it was really sort of the first time since probably the second week of the season that I've actually sat down and watched a a, a serious amount of, of college football just because I've not had the time to do it um, but as Shane and Kev are our resident college football geniuses and experts um, it really seems only fair for me to take a back seat and let them talk more about who they thought stood out um, and you know just the general feel of the game itself so guys who, who do you think the standout players were um, and really sort of over to you for the, this next segment
1: yeah, I think for me personally, there was quite a few standout players and it's always it's always great because it allows players to, you know, increase their draft value. But at the same time, there's some players who I had an eye on thinking or oh, might be able to sneak, sneak them in the second or third round. And now, you know, I've, I've seen one player, he's gone up into the top 10 in the draft networks rankings, yet prior to that, he was down in the 20s. You know, you've seen someone like Zion Johnson... Was on that bubble of the second round. He's going to be a first rounder now without a doubt. And even someone such as um, Christian Watson, the North Dakota State um, wide receiver, was probably in that fourth, maybe even fifth round tier. He's probably talking second round now. So, um, you know, there was a lot of players that stood out for me that, um, yeah, Cave's making money signs. They've definitely earned their money this year. Money, 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 money. Um, but yeah, they, they, to be fair, I think this. This draft class, I think, is probably one of the deepest, apart from quarterback, um, which, depending on your view, is either a good thing or a bad thing for us. Uh, not just because we might want to take one, but even for trading, etc. Um, But, you know, it is a deep, deep draft class. Corner um, kind of players that stood out for me was, um, like I said, Zion Johnson st- stood out. He, he should be in the, in the first round now. Jermaine Johnson, um, I don't even think he turned out for the last practice or the game either because he'd done what he needed to do in in the week, in the practice reps, and he was just a case of, I don't need to potentially injure myself, which you, you can't argue with. Um, Chad Moomer, the linebacker from Wyoming, was somebody who I'm really, really high on, who's probably put himself in that sort of talk for... Um, for getting in that second round, where I was hoping we might have nabbed him in the third or even the fourth round, um, and then like you know, on Winfrey was someone who I was eyeing up maybe at a D tackle. Um, like we were talking before we went on the air, we've got a lot more needs than what you think. I I, I don't think there's one position where I can turn around and s- safely say we don't need to worry about this position because you break our roster down and we do need every single position. So someone like um, defensive tackle Perry on Winfrey. Um, and then probably the last one who I'm going to mention, so I want to leave a, a few for Kev um, probably the running back out of Florida, uh, Damian Pierce, um, you know, running back is again, going to be, going to be a need, you know, Gary Brightwell, our mate Gary was drafted uh, 12 months ago, not by this regime though. So they might decide, you know, he didn't really get many reps as a as a um, as a starter or in the second string. It was mainly on special teams where he was getting a lot of snaps. So you know, the current regime might come in and say, "I don't really care about special teams. I want someone who's going to do something." So you know, someone like da- Damien Pierce from Florida is a running back who you know was probably in that fifth or maybe sixth round here, and again, he's probably knocked himself up by another two, maybe even three rounds. Yeah, he did know for himself. I thought
2: um, he's, in, he's like more of a bruising back, isn't he? More of like a, a nice downhill runner between the tackles.
0: Um,
2: he does, yeah. I mean, that's, Yeah,
0: that's, exactly. Isn't, isn't isn't that what we kind of need? Though we need that north south runner, that guy that's going to just just burst through the offensive line.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, like,
0: I mean, love Brandon Jacobs. You know, exactly.
2: Like you need a bit of a change of pace. Like I mean, like you no, know, just to... you know when it's like second and three, second and four. And you know you might not want to pass. You might want to just you know hammered, hammered over that line just to pick up the first down. So I give Barkley a breather as well. I mean, just talk about Brightwell. Like you know, he, he I didn't, I, I didn't research him at all last season. I had no idea about it. We hope the best for him. But like he said, running backs. Could you get someone in, as an underrated free agent who would be just as good as him this year? Maybe. I mean, he'll stay in the roster because he's a cheap contract. Uh, Booker. Um, he was good, not great. You know, he could be a cap casualty. Um, so, yeah, so we, yeah, like I said, we might talk about it next week, but we need everything, really. But some of the ones that really jumped out at me, again, like I said, was there uh, uh, and, and definite positions of need for us, um, Jermaine Johnson. I watched him against the Notre Dame at the beginning of the season, and that, that was a shutout. But the only reason it was a shootout went to overtime, and... Um, Jack Cohen, fair play to him, played an unbelievable game. Who I, I would love him as a, as a backup QB in the draft. Anyway, uh, he was at the East-West Shrine Bowl game. But um, Jermaine Johnson was outstanding. We had to double up on him. We had to run the ball to the other side um, where he wasn't. He was getting pressure. Like I said, by double him double up. The tight ends had to chip him on the way out because he was just so disruptive. Like. He was just so good. So I was like, and FSU were so bad throughout the season. But he was definitely there shining light. And this year, he just turned up. And there's all the measurables. I uh, haven't got his height, weight to hand. Uh, um, but he, he just looks it. He looks apart. He looks good in the run game. He looks good in the pass game. Um he Where, yeah, you you
1: know, on your board at the minute?
2: Uh, three or four, to be honest. I've, I've got him as edge three. Yeah I've, yeah, I've got him right up there. I think, like, forget about the team he plays for, played for and how bad they were. Look at his production. Look at how he played. Um, and when I say production as well, I just don't mean sacks and QB hits. Look, as he beat his max, like I said, Notre Dame, we had a game plan against him. So we would run the other way. We would um, mass protect to his side. Do you know what I mean? Trying to implement all this. And when teams are doing that, what they're doing is they're leaving other parts vulnerable. And that's when you hope that, uh, you know, Jolari comes off the edge, being single, it's covered the other side. Do you know I mean, yeah, there's lots to it, like, but um, yeah, so he really impressed me. Like, I, thought, I thought he was good. I thought, um, more of a little round right pick, Bobby Maffey from Minnesota, an age player who came in, had solid, solid numbers in college. Again, not in a sexy school in Minnesota, um, but he flashed really well this week. Um, um, and D'Angelo Malone um, from Western Kentucky, another player with great bend and, like, good athleticism and um, would fit our 3-4 outside linebacker perfectly. Um, someone maybe in the third, fourth round if he's there. Um mm-hmm. And again, obviously, we need O line, and obviously, so we watched O line quite a bit. Uh, Trevor Penning is jumping up draft boards at the moment, isn't he? Out of uh, Northern Iowa.
1: Yeah, I, think, um, I just think with him, is he? He's got aggression, but I don't know. I'm, I'm quite look. I've got him above Charles Cross. I'm not a huge Charles Cross guy at all. No, I'm uh, the I've, same. I've, I've, I've seen today some talks about the Giants are quite high on Cross, but I'm not massive on him at all. Um but like with Trevor Penning I just think he's a is a, a flag again kind of guy. Like is he gonna get flagged for yeah you know yeah, they very I mean, aggressive he is. With, with, with O line obviously aggression is good but it's yeah.
2: controlled aggression.
0: Yeah exactly and it's it's having that skill set and having the the hands right. and the feet right and yeah exactly I think I think
2: with the sorry
0: to like with the
2: three offensive tackles that i picked. You'll notice a trend, uh, and I'll I'll come into the trend now. So the other one was Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan, the the Austrian guy who's exchange student came over. Um, he actually right, how cool is this? He um he got into playing football uh, because a local team played it, uh, and he just wanted to know what it was. And then he went to a London game and was like, I need to play this game. Definitely. Watching it live, he you went know, after going to a London game. And he, he got got himself over there as a tight end originally, and over this last season he, he's bulked up to play tackle, and he's got all the tools. You can see he's got all the tools. He's just just a little bit raw. And also Daniel Falaily from Minnesota, he's an Australian, six foot eight, like three uh, four hundred pounds, nearly um, an absolute mammoth of a man. Good, good, just needs tweaking. So the, these three, I think, would be good for us because I think they could start. They could start day one but they all just need a little bit of polishing. Um, and like, I know we kind of said similar with Matt Purp, but Matt Purp is not on these guys' level, not even close. And I think with this year of transition, you could almost say, do you know what? Go out there and they're going to be good enough. But with a year in an NFL scheme, how good will they be going to the second year when we would have hoped to have turned a corner? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so yeah, make, yeah. make your mistakes and learn from them. Exactly. Because this year,
2: technically, this year it won't hurt us then making mistakes. Because let's face it, we are in a full rebuild mode this year.
0: Yeah, because you got you've got to look at our start starting offensive line and, and real and realistically, only one out of the five is is a shoe in. Yeah. And, Andrew Thomas, we know, is a shoo-in, but the rest of them, there's there's plenty I mean, of room for improvement there.
2: I mean, I mean, maybe Lemieux and Bredesen fight it out for one guard spot. Like, yeah. literally, just say to them, "To left guard, go." Like, just go. show yeah, exactly. Fight it out. Get, make it makes something better. And then go on moving on to interior guys. Zion Johnson, like you mentioned, out of Boston, just just looked the business, didn't he? Like, he was like someone like, all right, you know, with our like second round pick, that being if we went edge tackles five seven, that Zion Johnson would be a great like. Like then, then you're moving forward. Like if you get your tackle at five or seven, and then you get someone like Zion Johnson in the second round, that whole right side of the line, you're like sweet. Like yeah. we can go forward with that. But obviously, he's done a lot this week to really impress, and uh, you'd you'd have to probably move up to get him at the end of the second, uh, end of the first.
1: Um, yeah, he, was, um, he was taking reps at center as well this weekend, which he's never. Yeah, done he's, before, I don't believe
0: he's definitely in, he's definitely improved his uh, his draft stock, hasn't he?
2: We've seen it this year as well. I've
0: I've kind of moved my my scouting to
2: I always did tackle guard center. This year I've kind of I've moved away from that. Now I'm doing interior, like a lot of people. You do interior, don't you? Yeah. 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 Because so many people like look at Robert Hinsey from Notre Dame last year. He was a tackle who everyone projected as a guard. And I I, I would have been a fantastic guard. He went in and like Became a starting center for the Buccaneers and was and was awesome for them. So I'm yeah. kind of like all oh, oh, sort of like interior guys, projected interior guys now. I'm kind of because they're all going to be asked to snap now. Yeah, exactly. they're all gonna be asked, can you do it? Like and and, and look at that like Tyler Smith out of Tulsa was another good one. And um, sort of like that sort of third, fourth round, sort of like range interior guy. Um, Cole Strange out of Chattanooga. He's like I love Chattanooga, and he, he went in. He showed a bit of like proper, like, you know, in your face, like, you know, like let's go type of thing. Like he held his own against some of the big boys. Um, so that was good to see. And then on to, to my favorite uh, position, tight end. I mean, Trey McBride just looks the business, doesn't he? It's just like, he he's not, he's not your athletic freak of a speed tight end. He just catches everything contested, blocks. I mean, he had a couple of really good seal blocks, you know, where like, you know, you either go seal them on the inside or seal them on the outside and basically show your, as they say, show your R's to the running back. Because if you show your R's to the running back, that means that you're creating a lane for him. Um, he's pulled off some lovely blocks as well. Um, like I said, caught everything, just looks like the number one uh, tight end. Um, some other tight ends that I really liked was Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. I mean, the hair. If you see the hair on him, he's just got a beautiful mane. Oh, yeah. Have, have a look at his tash. Um and Jake Ferguson in Wisconsin, dumped thought dumped some really nice stuff. I mean, he scored a touchdown. He showed some wheels, you know. Uh, you know, was attached in a proper wide tight end formation on the left side, uh, split off, run a ran a drag right. Quarterback uh, dumped it off to him, and he took it to the house like some not 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 electric, but like just you know just basic wheels. You know what you want from um, from from your tight end, like like we said before we we'll probably need to draft a couple of them this year. I just want to give a shout-out to Malik Willis as well, Liberty, the quarterback. I thought he was up and down, up and down, but more up than down. In the wet conditions, he was by far the best player. By far. Everything. He throws an absolute rocket of a ball. Absolute, I mean, like, he just pops out of his hand. Um, and he was the best in the wet conditions. I mean, he showed his – during the game, he showed his, what he could do with his legs. Um you know, because he might be one like, I think was it Daniel Jeremiah said on the coverage, like he's got enough tangibles tangibles to get him through this first season, you know, right? First read, not there, not confident to go to the second read. I'll take off and run, make yards. He's got enough, he's got enough tools to sort of learn on the job type thing. But I think he also admitted himself that um, he knows he needs a year. I think he said, like, I can't remember what the interview it was. He sort of said like he knows he's going to need a year. Learning the NFL before you, before everyone sees what type of quarterback he is, um, He's almost like if we take him, I'll be happy because I have him number one on my board uh, for QBs. Yeah. If we take him, I'll be happy, but if we don't, right? Number five is for Seal. Who wants Malik Willis? Five overall pick. Come on, jump up and like you know, pay the piper. Let's have some. Let's have some. Uh, some competition here with um, who wants this pick. Because I think uh, he's in play at six for the... If he's not in play for us. He's in play at six for the Panthers. He's definitely in play at nine for the Broncos. Eight um, Falcons. Eight Falcons, exactly. Matt Ryan, I can definitely see them moving on.
1: I mean... Um, 11
2: for Washington. Exactly. I mean, look, and even like the Steelers at 20, if to go back that far, I mean, that would cost... Um, but I think he'd done enough this week to... Him and Kenny Pickett, I suppose. Kenny Pickett was quite good. Um, but also, just watching the interviews. This is what I love as well now. Like, starting to see the people. Like, because you can pull up games and watch games. And you can have an idea of what he's trying to do. And did he Did he? Did he complete it? Or did he, you know, did he meet the, um, what he was supposed to do? Um, but I actually hearing him talk and hearing him get interviewed, I, uh, Kenny Pickett just rubbed me up the wrong way. You know, I just,
1: I just... Apparently, Everything. Um, team interviews. It was Kenny Pickett, Gap, everybody else during the, during the um, team interviews with the players. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can't think where I read that. I read it on Twitter though. But uh, I think it was like uh, one one scout or one source said that there was Kenny Pickett, a Gap, and then there was all the other quarterbacks when it comes to the team interviews. Really? See, I don't. I don't think he's smart enough and all that, man. He's got great footballing IQ.
2: It's the personality. I didn't like. He came across, like... He could, he could just, be he just, a media person. Yeah, true. But he just came, I don't know, just a little bit of an e-hole, if I'm honest. Whereas Malik Willis, you, you listen to him being interviewed, and it's like, I can get behind that kid. Well, I think He's he, just,
1: one day last week, he walked in, he said good morning to everyone on, on the media podium, and nobody said <laughs> anything, and he just looked and smiled. He said, do you not say good morning round here? Like, not, not in a nasty yeah, way, just yeah. not in a laughing jokey way, because he was smiling as he said it. Who, said, who was there? Malik Willis. He didn't mean it like being arsy yeah. to anybody. Like he was smiling and he was as he said it. Apparently he was like, do you not, do you not say hello? <laughs> like, good morning, man. Dear. And then like, you know, the rest yeah. of the room sort of like laughed with him and that.
2: Yeah, he just comes across like a really good kid. And like I said, someone like you can't, you could get behind. But anyway, that. I digress.
1: That was, that, that's good that's for just, you know, because, as you say, that, that that team's tried. You know, we needed we need the quarterbacks to really come out in the senior bowl and in the combine. Because by doing that, it increases the chance of a team wanting to trade up.
2: Yeah, definitely. and I I think he'll smash the combine.
1: Yeah, and as you say, you got Panthers at six, you got Falcons at eight. what yeah. for them? Five and seven is the Giants. So we could potentially have two options to try back here. So yeah. we could get 5 you You've
0: also got Denver at nine as well.
1: Yeah. So team, you know, teams might want to get in front of the Panthers, but if we stay at five, the Panthers go Charles Cross or Kyle Hamilton or whatever, teams are then going to be thinking and going, we want to get in front of Denver and Atlanta now. So again, yeah. we've got try back option.
0: Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, like obviously my limited. Knowledge and my sort of limited sort of exposure to the college game. I like, I liked. Um, you're talking about Zion Johnson. I thought he did everything he needed to do, like you said, to to improve his draft stock. And I think you know, if he's still there at the end of at the end of round one, do we potentially look to move it into the end of round one and try and nab him? Who knows?
1: It would be hard to be annoyed if we did. huh. I mean, It'd be hard to disagree if we did do that. Yeah, you you wouldn't be going, Oh, what are we doing? That's an awful trade-off. I mean, like,
2: yeah, I mean, like, we're sitting with the fourth pick in the second round. Uh, if we if you can get, I'm I'm a big believer in if you're that close moving back in anyway for the fifth year option on anyone but a QB is so affordable. Yeah. so you have the, you have the rights for the player for five years instead of four. Um, so I'm a big, big believer in that. Anyway, um, and you never know. Like Sheen said, if, if we if we move back from five to nine, and then move back from seven to twelve, or seven to eighteen, or something like that, we could have a bevy of picks to be able to move around the board.
0: Yeah, kind of like kind of similar to what we did sort of last year, was as in like we had picks to in in the later rounds. Um, but yeah, because we have. Two high picks in the first round. We've got so many opportunities, and like we saw Joe Shane what he said this week. Um, sort of when he spoke about his roster philo- roster building philosophy, he's not he's not um, scared to be moving around. He's not he's 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 potentially looking at you know what the options are and he's what what the um, what the moves he can make are in the in the first round and not just necessarily in the first round as well. Um, you know, is I mean, too- this
2: is such a deep class at all positions, near enough. Like, um, because of COVID, sorry to drop that, sorry. Uh, because of COVID, like, we've got lots of super seniors this year. You have know, a lot of people who could have came out last year, but got an extra year of eligibility through exactly. COVID so and so went
0: back to school. Two years worth of, of scouting on them, which is, yeah. you know, which again, he's, he's come out and said it is, it's going to be a huge thing for this year. um. You think he he said he wants smart, tough, and dependable guys. Well, you've got two years' worth of scouting on some of these guys that could have come out last year that didn't. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the draft. I really am. Um,
2: I mean, we need so much, so this would be perfect year for us to to try and gain as many picks as possible, um, and 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 get the players in because you know we we will have to move on from a few. Um, you know, and, and obviously Joe Sheehan wants to build the team around him, what him and uh, Brian Dabble believe um, in their image, if you like.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but no, l- lots, to, uh, lots to look forward to regarding the, the combine, the draft, um, and all the scouting as well coming up over the next couple of months. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll talk plenty more about it in the coming weeks. Um, but from one bowl game to another, this weekend sees Super Bowl 56 taking place in Los Angeles. Uh, Matt Stafford and his LA Rams taking on Joe Burrows, Cincinnati Bengals in the year's most watched sporting event. Um, both teams being the number four seed as well from each conference, it's the first time ever that one of the top three seeds from each conference hasn't made the Super Bowl. So in every year previously, at least one of the top three seeds hasn't made, uh, yeah. has made a big game. So it's the first time ever that two number four seeds will be battling it out. Um, it just shows you've got to get in the playoffs. Getting in their playoffs. Absolutely. Got to be in it to win it. And it'd be the first time since 2012 that the, the the winner of the Super Bowl will be the number four seed. Um so 2011 the New York Giants and 2012 the Ravens were both number four seeds um when they won the big when they won the big game. But yeah LA finished obviously top of the NFC West at 12-5 They won five of the last six games of the season they won seven of the first eight games of the season they had a little mini blip lost three out of four during like sort of around the bye week but um they had a pretty consistent stellar season, uh, their second Super Bowl in four years, obviously lost Super Bowl 53, um, whereas the Bengals finished top of the AFC North, they finished 10-7, and seven, won three of the last four games during the regular season. Uh, their first Super Bowl appearance since 1988, I was a year old when they appeared, well the 88 season is beginning of night, is January 89, but yeah, I was a year old when they last appeared in the Super Bowl. Um, they lost to uh, Joe Montana and his San Francisco 49ers. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a huge game for the Bengals, obviously back in the big time. And like we said last week, uh, to only two years removed from picking number one overall. And I think last year as well, they picked number five overall as well, Jamar Chase. So just what a turnaround it has been for them. Um, <laughs> obvious key players being Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow as well, but both teams have got stupidly strong receivers. Um, obviously, Cooper Cup, the, only the 11th wideout in history to win the Triple Crown. That's uh, leading the league in catches, yards and touchdowns. 145 catches, 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns to lead the league. Um, became only a fourth receiver in Super Bowl era to win the Triple Crown. And the first since 2005 when Steve Smith did it with the Carolina Panthers. Um, and obviously, he's got Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson, tight, tight end Tyler Higby um, on, the, on the receiving end as well. So, Cincinnati's DBs will definitely have the work cut out, obviously, with Stafford being behind under centre as well. Um, on the other side of things, Bengals have Offensive Rookie of the Year, incumbent, who, let's face it, is going to win it. Um, Jamar Chase, uh, he finished the season with 81 catches, 1,455 yards and 13 touchdowns. He's obviously, the first receiver picked in last year's draft, had an outrageous rookie year, having linked up again with ex LSU teammate Joe Burrow. Uh, adding T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to the mix, and their top three receivers will test the LA secondary to its limits as well. So it's it's looking like it's going to be a, an offensive shootout. If you say that the defense is on the both on both sides as well. The defense is, is pretty good as well. Obviously, Aaron Donald leading the way for LA, Jalen Ramsey. Von Miller, Eric Weddle now back in the mix as well, just because why not? He decides to come back in <coughs> the playoffs, win a ring and he's done. <laughs> and he's going back to his uh, his ice cream cart or whatever he, he runs. Um and yeah, Cincinnati, their D-line is scarily good. 28 and a half sacks, four four sumbles between them. Um, what's his name? Hendrickson lean, I think he had 14 sacks all year. Um, so yeah, their their O-line, LA's O-line have their work cut out as well with um. With Cincinnati's front four, so who do you think has the edge? Really, come you know, who do you think has has the edge in the game, and who do you think is going to come out with a win?
1: Um, I don't think. I personally, I think either team's really got much of an edge at the minute. I think they've both got players that can can win it for them. Um, but I think it's going to be the Rams that are going to do it. They've got more experience in that roster. The the Bengals are a. Uh, relatively young team, you know, Jamar Chase in his rookie year, burrow it's on his second season. Um, did, yeah, but second full year because he was out yeah. the whole last year,
0: wasn't
1: he? Yeah, exactly. So you you know it's I think the Rams are probably going to win it in all honesty. And I, I hope the Rams do win it because like I said last week, I don't want to see eli, eli Apple get a Super Bowl ring. Like that cannot happen. Like if that happens, I, like I feel like saying I'm done. Yeah, I no interest in NFL anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> you lie, you lie. But now nah, looks looks. I'd like to see the Rams do because they've got more players that I I really like and would like to see them win a Super Bowl. You know, I think literally Aaron Donald only needs to win a Super Bowl, and I'm not going to say he's going to be the greatest of all time because I'm sure all the Giants fans will um, make a comment about a certain player. Um, but you know, you know he, he's done a lot, and like you know, he comes across as a really good guy as well. He's not someone who will look at and think he's a bit of a knob, like I do with Eli Apple. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, the main thing is I just want an entertaining game. I don't want to repeat of the last time the Rams were in a Super Bowl and it's struggling to stay awake and it's 10-3 as a final score. Um, so, I think I'm going to go Rams to win it. Uh, I'm going to go 33-27. Shoot out. <laughs> I like it.
2: I was going to say 31 27.
1: Oh, right.
0: You, you, wait, you wait until you hear my prediction then. No, i call it. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think the Rams might just have enough. I mean, um, the fair play. I mean, uh, screw Eli Apple, man. I, like, if, if all the Bengals were for BJ Hill, fair play to him. He's gone over there and he's been, become a starter and
1: he's going to become a good
2: player for them. Um, but yeah, and I'm just looking forward. I mean, I just this vision in my head is just like this this picture in my head of um of Matt Stafford and like Eminem chatting and like you know that Paul Rudd gif of like look at us now eh? who would have thought it
0: because
2: yeah. they had some bad times in Detroit man fair play to Stafford thirteen seasons in Detroit and he did all he could like you know to try and get them over over the line uh, and it just wasn't I mean I think he made one or two Super. Um, Playoff appearances in 13 years? Yeah, I think at least one, I think, if not two, yeah. And also the Rams, have, the Rams have, have like
0: shown, you know, you
2: don't need to build through the draft necessarily. Or sorry, they've shown you don't need to build through first-round picks in the draft. They just, like, trade all the first and second-round picks away. It's like, do you know what? We'll trade these first-round picks for known commodities, players that we know what they produce in the NFL. And then we will backfill our roster with third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks. Um, to balance it off, um, so it's a really interesting way of doing it. I mean,
0: when you look at, um, you look at this year's draft, they didn't have a first-round pick in this year's draft either because they traded yeah. away to Detroit, didn't they?
2: Yeah, and then, and the next year and, they'll, and they'll have next year's as well, so they will Detroit. So
0: yeah, um, but yeah, I mean,
2: the Bengals is a bit of a fair, fairy tale story, isn't it? They, you know, like first overall pick two years ago, like you said, uh, fit last year, uh, turned it around. Um, yeah, I just I just want to say really good, like it's a really good entertaining game. Whereas a neutral, you can go, oh, oh, like a big boxing match. Do you know what I mean? Like big, like oh, throwing punches, using the ropes, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, yeah, what a turnaround Zach Taylor's made, you know, in the last sort of three years. Um, fantastic, fantastic turnaround by Cincinnati. Um, my heart, <laughs> excuse me, my heart says Cincinnati just was a you know, that that sort of zero to hero sort of that from rags to riches story that within two years that'll make it'll make a great um America's game if anything. Um but as as well, Matt Stafford's story, you know, like you said, 13 years in Detroit, into his 14th year, first year in LA, and he makes the Super Bowl. So, you know, my head my heart says Cincinnati, but I think I'm gonna go with my head on this one and say LA, I think they're gonna to be too strong um overall. Uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a Probably a high-scoring game. Um, my prediction was 34-27 LA. So um, we're, all, we're all saying it's going to be high-scoring. Uh, I have gone Interestingly, oh, the the, interesting, the over-under for this week, for those that like a bit of a flutter, uh, was four, I got it at 48 and a half. So I was like, every every day I'm going over on that. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's going to be a good game. And I'm also looking forward to the halftime show as well. Ah um, oh, yeah. There's going to be there's going to be plenty of people that are looking forward to that, but obviously Dr Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J Blige, Kendrick Lamar, probably more, one of the most anticipated halftime shows of all time. Um, what's just just interesting, just quickly as well, who's your
1: favourite halftime act
0: that's, that you've seen
1: ever? Yeah, ever. Um, this is going to seem really bad. Look, I've not been watching it very long. That's my first defense. But the one show that, like, I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a huge fan of the artist, but I thought the performance that was put on, Katy Perry was quite good.
0: And she's hot as well. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, <I> absolutely. <laughs> <hot on. laughs> yeah, Kel, What about you? Who's your, uh, who's your favourite?
2: Oh, I mean, can't go wrong with a bit of Katy Perry, can you? I'm um, on the spot now. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if if I'm being truth, really, really truthful and honest. I mean the weekend was awful, wasn't it?
0: Oh God. Um,
2: Shakira and Jeff Lopez were decent.
0: Obviously. Um,
2: <laughs> but to be honest, a lot of people like to watch it like it sounds really bad now, but I've usually had quite a skinful at this point. <laughs> um and You're so, me so both, I'm, mate. You're me both. kind of not overly paying attention unless it's like awesome. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But none jump right at me as then they like, wow.
0: No, I mean I, this I, one I, will be I, interesting. Yeah, because Like it's it's gonna it's, it's gonna be up there with uh, the big ones. I think. Um, obviously, everyone always goes for for Prince. Um, he was he was he, the show Prince put on was ridiculous. Um, but my favourite was uh, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen and his E Street Band at Super Bowl forty three. I thought that was a, a fantastic fantastic show. Um, the Who at Super Bowl forty four were pretty good as well. And then uh, three years in a row, then Black Eyed Peas at forty five was actually a pretty decent show as well. They had some good guests come out with them. Um, so those three, for me, uh, were pretty good. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to the game this weekend. Hopefully I get to party. Hopefully I get to come out of isolation and, and have a few drinks with the, with the brother and the friends. But we'll see. Um, it is that time again to open up our mailbag to answer your questions. So thanks very much, guys, for sending them in. Uh, Lewis Hollingsworth asks first. Let me just grab the question. Um, so Lewis Hollingsworth asks, who are we taking at five and seven? <laughs> well,
2: million dollar question.
0: If, if we were to stick with pick five and pick
1: seven, who are we taking? Shin, go. Um, I'm going to get into it more over the next coming week. So, a little bit of a teaser Ike Makwanu and Kyle Hamilton. Oh, I think uh, Neil
2: and Ojabo.
0: Interesting. I go with whatever you two guys say. <laughs> there you go. And also Lewis Hollingsworth asked us as well. Um, do we, you know, he says we look, we, we are stuck with Daniel James this year. Um, do we look to gain picks for next year to take quarterback in what is a much better draft class? By Do we need, do we trade back to get some better picks for next year?
1: Potentially. Um... I think for me it comes down to whatever Joe Shane wants to do. If he feels there's a quarterback worth taking, go ahead and do it. Like if you think there's a guy there that and Brian Dyeball says, "Look, I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna name him. If I, if I can work with Malik Willis. I can turn Malik Willis into what we had in Buffalo with Josh. and Then go ahead and do it. If there is any doubt in their mind, then don't do it. And I'm absolutely fine with you taking. Uh, trading back, getting a first rounder for next year, where we can hopefully land one of the, the better quarterbacks. Um, the quarterbacks next year do look a lot better than this year, um, but I will be interesting as well to see whether, like I've got no issues if we were to take um, a Carson Strong like in the second round, maybe.
2: Okay, interesting. I mean, um, yeah, so so I'm a big proponent of trading back. Like Joe Sheehan said in an interview this week on Inside the Huddle, um, the more darts you have, um, more chances you, you, know, you get to get it right I would definitely trade back give yourself some ammunition for next season because on the worst case scenario you've got ammunition to move up and get your guy that you want best case scenario you've got two first rounders this year and then two first rounders next year to build around who would be now your franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones exactly so, trading back, back is like a no-lose, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Things thing is, so, there's so many ways we can go in, in, this, in this year's draft, obviously, with a new GM, with a new assistant GM, with a new head coach. Who knows which way it's going to go. Um, I don't think I'll be surprised by any move we make. You know, whatever pick we make, whether it's at five and seven, whether we trade back. I wouldn't even be surprised if we trade, you know, at... Our second, our number seven pick out of the first round at all. You know, nothing will really surprise me with this year's draft, um, but it makes for an exciting draft, and it makes for an exciting two months leading up to it. Talking about all these different things that could happen. Which would you prefer? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? It's gonna, it's gonna be a, a good couple of months. Put it that way. It's gonna be it a lot of things to talk about. Um, and then when it
2: actually happens, it'll be something we didn't even talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it'll be an anti-climax and it will be like, oh, well, didn't expect that to happen. But yeah, so I, I, to be honest, I like I said, I won't be surprised with anything. Whatever happens with our first two picks, whatever happens with the whole draft really this year, I won't, I won't really be surprised. Uh the, obviously the thing that's surprised me most about last year was the fact that they've got them and traded back for once. Um I wouldn't be surprised with that this year because Joe Shane's already come out and said he'd be, you know, inclined to try and potentially trade back because like you said, the more darts he has, the better it is. So, yeah, we we'll
2: yeah we have nine picks this year in this draft. We will we will not make nine picks. We'll either make more or less. And where the positions we are currently in, um, I reckon four of the of those picks will actually make in the right spots. I do think we'll be moving around
0: a wee bit this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks for your questions, Lewis. And finally, Michael Smith asked us, "What do you think our new GM's top?" Three priorities are before September. So, guys, there's three of us. There's three priorities. Let's see name one. Uh, Shane, your first priority for
1: September. Um, to be to to have done before we get to September. Sorry. Yeah. Not just draft. Um, probably get the right the right players in that we need. We've already said that we need a lot of lot of players. So whether that's free agency, draft, or trading. You know, if you feel that we need something, go out and get it and get the players in position. So, you know, whether you want to class it as a rebuild year or not, but, you know, get get the guys in that you want, get the guys in that you need, a season to bed in, and then in 12 months' time, hopefully we're going to be picking higher up in the draft or lower, depending on what way you want to work the number one to 32. Um, And, you know, start building for success going forward.
0: Nice.
1: Kev? Is this... um...
2: Shane or
0: David? Joe Shane.
2: Joe Shane. Um, Got to get the salary cap in order. Got to get us down to within the salary cap, but without completely shredding the Uh, team. Be interested to see um, how he does it. It's going to take some imagination, uh, some restructures, trading, cuts, blah blah blah. And I'm really interested to see how he goes about it.
0: Definitely. Uh, And lastly, for me, um, obviously, what they were happy with last year. None of us were happy with that last year. Offensive line, sort it out. It's, it sounds like a broken record, but yeah, offensive line, sort it out. Interestingly, my three priorities I wrote down, the offensive line the salary cap and building a strong roster. So, kind of fit there. So there you go. Boom, just, can boom. I just add Just add to that? Which is which more counts? of a
2: be able, um, implement, be able cap have to implement an offence that can um Score points, work to Daniel Jones. Yeah, they like can work to Daniel Jones' strengths. That's what I want to see.
1: Yeah, man. Just win games. Is that easy? Just win, baby. That's it. Just win, baby. I'm not asking
0: for much. Yeah, man. No, there's there's, there's 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 not much we ask for really, just be competitive and, and win a few games. But yeah, there's there's a lot that needs to happen between now and September. But yeah, priorities definitely salary cap, get it in line, build that strong roster, that competitive roster doesn't necessarily have to be the best roster just competitive and actually put out a a, a good end product on the field when it comes to september
1: and do you mean a roster that's going to punch you in the mouth for 60 minutes hey
0: if they're <laughs> going to punch them in the mouth for 60 minutes then punch them in the mouth for 60 minutes you know what i mean that the
2: people of this community would be proud of
0: yeah exactly not say it and then don't produce it like previous gms have done um <laughs> no comment yeah so yeah, now looking forward to the off-season. Um, there's a long off-season ahead, um, but there's so much to come over the next six months or so before we get to the season. Um, thanks for sending your questions in, guys. We really do appreciate it. We love the interaction with you guys as well. Um, so we keep them coming. Um, obviously, with the like, obviously talking about the salary cut there we're obviously going to go into that a bit more next week um, as our resident cap king, Kev. He's uh he's already he's already he's already got he's already done his homework um but no, uh, we're, we're going to talk more in, about the uh, the salary cap situation next week um because there is a lot of work that he's doing there's there's you know we've got we've got a lot of money to save between now and uh, whenever it is the roster's finalised whenever it is but yeah we got a lot we got a lot of uh, a lot of work to do um there's a lot there's a lot to uh, to look forward to this offseason that's for sure. Um, that is all we've got time for this week, though. Um, Kevin's got his night shift to off too, so we're going to have to uh, cut things there. But um, next time, like I said, we'll hopefully we'll have our new defensive coordinator confirmed um, and then we can look forward to the combine with the new EGM, new head coach and two new coordinators on board as well and talk all things salary cut and where we need to go and what we need to do to get in line with that. Anything else to add before we go, guys?
1: No, just the, the dust settling there with the, um, the the coaching movements and that, so um, kind of roll on the next seven months because I'm already itching to see what they're gonna put in place and what we're gonna put on the field. Um, and just to everyone listening, you know, like we say, every week as we do, you know, likes, retweets, feedback, rating us on iTunes, all that jazz is much 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 appreciated. Um, and you know, we're really gonna be getting into the nitty and gritty now as the Com, as the combine gets closer in the draft, of course, and free agency before all that.
2: Yeah, of course. I um, can't believe you're going to sign off the podcast and not mention that, uh, bringing Davis Webb back and the Scottish Hammer, the punter in.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, true. Very true. Davis Webb back in the room. I mean, What's Davis the Webb, the
2: third round pick for the 2017 draft. and I think he wants to move more towards coaching. So I can see him being more of a third QB, practice squad QB and coach tape rule. Um, that's I'm good to see. Uh,
1: QB one, to be honest. <laughs> well,
0: and then, to, um, be fair, to be fair, he probably he probably slots in ahead of Glennon at QB two at the moment. A hundred percent, he does. Yeah. <laughs> and then,
2: um, and then Jimmy Gillen, the um, Scottish Hammer, the punter who uh, who uh, got who spent a few years with the Browns, um, come in and give Dixon some competitions. We might see him move on, but um, yeah, no. Good pod, lads. Really enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to Super Bowl this weekend. Looking forward to delving into all the draft stuff, free agency stuff. Stick with us. It's going to be a ride.
0: Certainly, it's going to be a ride. Uh, enjoy Super Bowl 56, guys. Whoever wins it, I'm sure it's going to be a good game. and It's going to be worth staying up late on Sunday night for. Um, as we said, get in touch with us via our user channels at Big Blue UK IRL on Twitter and on Facebook in the New York Giants fans UK group. Get involved. Get interactive. Um, And, yeah, leave us a review. Five stars. Five stars would be a good review to leave us, for sure. Um, We do appreciate all the feedback. and do appreciate all the the interaction and comments and everything you guys give us. So keep them coming. Um, As ever, my thanks go to you, Shane, and Kev, for joining me as we go into the deep dark off-season. And to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We are signing off until next time. Go Giants.